Good morning and welcome to the manual. I hope you had a great evening and you are starting your day with the best self pushing forward. I want to take today to talk about uh, the last dance as it pertains to maybe your life or your situation currently or in the past or in the future. And what The Last Dance is, is a documentary on the 1998 Bulls uh, led by Michael Jordan and Scottie Pippen. And most notably, Phil Jackson is coaching a cavalcade of very good players, um, but very uh, creative personalities and also dealing with conflict within the organization, uh, the Chicago Bulls, with the manager, I'm sorry, general manager and the ownership. Okay. At the end of the day, the players have to play. I agree with um, this in basketball or any other sport, the players have to play. That's the product. That's the talent. It's on the field. And you're going to have people that are going to be, you know, out there. You're going to have people that's going to represent your brand. You're going to have people that are outspoken. But overall, the goal and the objective is to win, is to be the best, is to do the best that you can. And in watching this documentary, I kind of realized why, uh, you know, I grew up with Michael Jordan as I grew up with um, Kobe Bryant, or we watched Kobe Bryant grow up. I'm not a big basketball fan, but I am a fan enough of the game to understand who these people are and the dynamic and kind of getting into their lives because it's lived out on stage in front of us. And one of the things about Michael Jordan, which they refer as the GOAT, um, and I, I, I would say accolades wise, um, killer instinct, um, over, at least over LeBron, he is the GOAT over LeBron. Uh, the argument could be had for other players before him, and he even self-admitted that he's not the GOAT. He doesn't use that outwardly. He may use it privately with his friends, seeing his personality, but he's not the GOAT because he never played against, you know, Bill Russell or Will Chamberlain or whoever uh, before him, even Kareem. He played towards the end of Kareem's career, so he didn't get the Kareem in his prime. But I look at Jordan's first game and LeBron's first game. LeBron's first game, he opted to pass the ball. He didn't want to take the, the last shot. And that said a lot about who LeBron was coming into the league, and maybe the league was changing as far as what was happening. But Jordan came into the league and left the league on fire for many years, and he was a force, a dominance that... Until he retired, he had an ice age. He froze a lot of Hall of Flame Hall of Fame players out from getting their championships. He was that good. And and I always would argue with people of today, basketball, like football, like a lot of other sports, even boxing, is different from how it used to be. Boxing, for instance, championship fights used to be 15 rounds. Now it's 12. They stopped going 15 rounds. They changed that. That might not sound like a big difference to you, but if you've lost... A majority of that fight, but you're a late rally guy, you can rally in the the championship rounds, quote unquote, which is now 10, 11, and 12, which was 12, 13, 14, and then 15 was probably a coast as you try to finish out the fight on your feet. So those things matter. Those things matter because, again, where your position is in the sport, how fast of a starter you are, how slow of a starter, if you're a medium B-tiered fighter, those things matter. That that actually mattered because those championship rounds were out there for you. So going back to the Jordan and the Bulls situation, one of the things that I noticed in the documentary is that um, it took a while, it took a few episodes for it to come up that Jordan was a bully, so to speak, or he was a person that pushed you hard enough. Even practices became challenges. You know, even when they travel on the, on flights or buses to go to 
different games, he would, in his downtime, even playing cards or playing any kind of competition game, he would have to win or he would have to be on the top. So it said a lot about his personality that he was pushed hard as a little kid to to probably want to win and he probably pushed himself even harder. He would even create things about other players that he didn't like, whether he felt that they deserved something that he did or he felt that he was better, complete as an overall player. But something, these things fueled him. Everyone has these things that fuel them. In your personal life, who you are, who you want to be, who, who people perceive you as, you want to be the best. You want to be known as either the best or you want to be at least in a conversation or recognized. Some of us are shy as, as, as children and some of us have to excel at, at being who we are. I come from another country. I came here very young. Um, my name is Cleveland, so you can imagine all the teasing that came with. I also had an accent where I came from, and I used to stutter as a kid. So it is it created a lot of complex. And then I'm dark-skinned as well. I'm my mom's darkest child. All those things, those four things uh, I felt were something against my character, something against who I, who I was. So I had to either learn to either embrace those things, correct those things, or kind of deal with them in a matter that made them work for me, you know? And in creating um, these things about yourself, you, you create an extra layer of issues for yourself. Or you can. Or you can. And the last dance kind of gave, you know, it you know, started out for me at least look, looking at the dynamic of the team versus one person, a superstar, and, you know, how they have to deal around this superstar and, you know, the, the catering to the superstar and things of that nature. So I watched the, the entire documentary. I tried to let the whole thing go through before I made my assessment of it. I thought it was a great, well done. Um, the way they kept flashing back to the past and into the future um, or the future as of 1998, I kind of got an idea of what was happening and then putting the extra layer of, you know, the player speaking now. Um, or where they are now in, in their lives and probably what they've carried from those from those championship teams, what it took to be a champion. Everyone will rub someone the wrong way. It's a fact. It happens. It's human, it's human nature. Um, you may have a way of saying things to people that might be cold and calculating, or you may have a way of, of kind of mincing your words, or you, you might have a, a, a blunt force effect on people. But people kind of will know where you stand. They'll know that, okay, that's how you feel about it. Or that's what, what you'll say. Some people, in our, in our opinion, that they'll, they'll have something to say about every single thing that happens. You know, and I, I'm a person that's like that. I don't need to understand or say everything that happens with me. I don't need to address every single slight or every single thing that goes on because some things are very small and minute. Some things are major. If you are someone who complains or you kind of make reference to things that are happening early and often, it gets lost. It gets lost that, God, you just always got something to say. You always got. So when, when you do have something to say of substance, that gets lost because you are, again, a complainer. You are air quotes, like always nagging or whining or whatever it is. So you have to let something else speak for it, your work ethic, your your drive, your ambition, your goals, your dreams, whatever you have fueling you needs to be more out front in front of you versus you just having to always verbalize what's happening with you. It's human nature, guys. It's 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 how things are always done. It's it's oh, my God, you know, 
they just, they, they, he's always here early in the morning before work starts. He's already put an hour working off the clock to get himself ready or to get herself ready, you know? And that, that might speak volumes so people know that, okay, no nonsense. This person is serious about who they are. Or you get someone that plays a lot, that's always joking, that's always, you know, clowning, whatever you want to call it. And you're like, they don't take anything serious. And they may, they might very well outside of what you know, be the most serious person going. But you don't know that because, again, your, your reputation precedes you, what people perceive you as, how people see you in the real world, in real time, how your friends, you know, see you. I've said this before, if you have 10 friends and I talk to 10 friends about who you are, I'm going to get a different version of you, at least about six different, seven different versions of who you are, because you let people in to know things about you that you would normally not let other people know about you. It is a fundamental fact that people are guarded. They have walls up, whether it's a little gate, a little wall, or it's a gigantic wall with a moat, alligators in it, protected by barbed wire and electric fencing. It is a fact. So in watching The Last Dance, um, I noticed a lot of how his character um, evolved. He, he evolved as a person, but he also regressed as a person as well, because on the court, he was the same person. He was always in killer mode. And that's one of the reasons why um, when we have these GOAT comp, um, competitions or these GOAT conversations, I have to bring up Kobe Bryant in that regard, because Kobe, unlike LeBron and just like Michael Jordan, is the ultimate competitor, you know. People said that, you know, Kobe was a carbon copy of Jordan. Rightly so. You know, we saw the similarities in the game. We saw, you know, the attitude. So I get it. I understand that. But the thing about Kobe in that regard, he had to battle through his maturity. I don't think Jordan really had to do that in the onset. At least from what we saw in the documentary, he he didn't deal with maturity. One of the things he said that was striking to me is that when they first... In the first couple of episodes, he talked about when he got to the Bulls and how as a rookie, he kind of, you know, trying to adjust to life in the NBA. He kind of didn't want to partake in some of the things that were happening, the drug use, um, all the women that were always around. He was just about playing basketball. It, that's what mattered to him in the onset. We don't know down the line. And I, I've never heard about Jordan and any drug use things of that nature and hopefully you know that wasn't the case but um we know that he had his you know situation with his marriage and stuff like that that they didn't make any mention of she wasn't Juanita was not mentioned anywhere in this documentary and I wonder why crazy you know because that that would have given another dynamic to who he was as a husband and maybe a father the kids had a cameo all the way in <laughs> in um they had a couple of cameos when they were like little kids but they did not get to speak until episode, I believe, 10, you know, which was just a kind of a quick little flash on the screen. So I, I, I understand when it comes down to the human, the human nature that we all have about how we project ourselves on the world stage, how we react to adversity, how our will to win or the fear of defeat plays a part in who we are. Conflict is conflict. Um, I am a confrontational person. 
And I will always say to, to people, if you do not let your position be known, then it's going to be hard to defend it when it's under attack. You see an army po- poised to, to strike, you know their position, you see them. But if you see them just ragtag, standing around, waiting to do something, you're like, oh, that doesn't look like they're, they're very serious. It looks like they're very organized. I have a lot of respect for the people that I come into contact with because my friends are a reflection of me. Or at least I like to think so. So when it comes down to it, the brass tacks, I want my friends to look at me the same way to say, well, he's a lot like me too. People should rub off on each other. Not only in the, in the, in the bad way, they should rub off in a good way. In Taoism, every connection, every exchange, energy should be positive or negative. I've learned to be patient through friends. I've learned to be not patient through friends. I've learned to be uh, more assertive. I've learned to be aggressive. I've learned to be conscious and more woke when it comes to certain things. Because again, I want I want to be recognized. I want to be out there as a free thinker and not to be taken lightly. And there's ways you can do that without rubbing people the wrong way or, or being that asshole. I'm probably one of the only friends of my friends that have a common link to a lot of people. I'm a bridge friend. And uh, what a bridge friend is, is that I normally somehow, some way through a business contact or um, sports or teammate or something, I bring, I bridge other friends to other friends that I have. Some people like to run in different circles. You have your, your friends that you go play ball with. You have your friends that you go to concerts with, dinner. You have friends that you play sports with. And it's all, and then you have your professional friends that you do, you know, go to mixers and cocktails and all that kind of stuff with. But sometimes I tend to bleed all of that together in some kind of way. Some one of my friends always infiltrates another group that I have. And it's, I'm careful about how I do that because I want to bring in, if I want to expose a good friend of mine to a group that I'm doing good things with, whether it's business or playing sports or whatever, I would want to introduce them to that dynamic to let them know, hey, there's another side to me that you may not know, you know, or there's another side to you that you may not know that I want to bring out. I want to, I want to show you how smart you are when it comes to certain things you, that you may not realize. I want to give you the confidence that you may think that you don't have. I want to give you the assurances that you're a great person. It's not my job to do that. I just want my friends to be comfortable around who I am. I don't want to have to always keep up a facade or keep up some kind of distance or some kind of situation where they're not, they're not feeling like, is he, is he being himself with me or is he not? You know, I mentioned in, in passing before in season one, that when people meet and they start dating, you can only keep up who you are presenting or marketing or advertising for a little while until it all unravels or falls apart. And then you're like, oh, okay, you're not that person or fully. Maybe you have you have pieces of of who you want to be, but you just can't be that that all together all the time. You know, it happens. 
you know, we all we all let the veil down, so to speak, and let our true selves be known. Um, but at the end of the day, you know, you should be able to pivot like anybody else. I'm the one friend that all my friends have that is very serious about a lot of things. And when I say that, you know, I, I don't apologize for that, really. But I just don't want people to people to take me lightly. You know, coming to this country, I spoke another language. Oh, I'm sorry, I spoke um, with an accent. Um, people thought I spoke another language, but I didn't. I spoke English. It's just a different, you know, version of it, I guess. Uh, I stuttered. I also uh, was. The, I'm the darkest child of my my um, siblings, and I also. My name is Cleveland, so the teasing never stopped as a kid for me. And it didn't break my will, but it, it gave me complexes that I probably didn't need to have, and it took me a long time to come to come over. Uh, to the other side and overcome those things. Those obstacles became um, things of opportunity for me. I was able to use them in some kind of way. I was, I was able to weaponize them, as I like to use that word a lot, weaponize them to make them um, more of an offense than a defense. So the last dance was a really, really good uh, peer into how you know Michael Jordan, that team dynamic had to overcome a lot of the challenges that they were faced with, but the, and, and at the end of the day, it kind of spoke to some of the individuals that were involved in that run. And the ending of it was so melodramatic in my in my eyes because I think that Jordan's star power and who he was, he could have he could have easily waved that magic wand to the ownership and be like, hey, you know, you got to bring Phil back. I'll come back. You know, we work things out with Scotty. We get the guys back together for another run and win seven. He could have easily probably done that. But with the coach going out, with, with Phil wanting to leave, I get it. He was like, well, if Phil's going to be gone, I'm going to be gone. And they gave Phil the ultimatum. Even if he won 80, 82 games, he was still going to be gone, which was crazy. That you're going you're gonna to dismantle a championship team for your ego to rebuild for no reason. When teams um, that are... In contention, never get to get to the championship level. That was the dumbest thing about that. I couldn't understand why, if I owned the team, why I would let my general manager unravel my team. That that's a nobody. Yeah, they architect and they they made the deals to make these people come together. But the talent's on the floor. I got the talent. Don't mess the talent up. Why would you break that up? It's like why why would you break up Kobe and Shaq? But again, I get it. Egos clash. They can't deal with it. They can't. They can't get through that. So I understand. It is a it is a crazy dynamic to deal with. So hence the last dance was the last dance. It was the last time that we can get these cast of characters together. Some of us are always on our last dance. Whatever job we're at, whatever friendships that we have, the marriages that we are in. Everyone may have a last dance. It's how things go. Is how things go. So the next time you are trying to get your point across, being that person that everyone knows that you are, think about how you are affecting your last dance. Think of how you are dealing with how people are dealing with you. Are you agreeable? Are you apprehensive? Are you diplomatic? good way to be as a person being diplomatic 
you cannot lay down judgment on others without wanting to be uh, fairly judged yourself. Because you'll find everything to be unjust when you're not agreeable. Things will always feel like it's unfair. They're ganging up on me. Why do they don't like me like that? I try to be the best friend I can to them. It's crazy. I would love to know your thoughts. Please send me messages and let's keep this conversation going. Thank you for choosing a manual.